Hey, good afternoon. We are here at the Color of Money podcast. We have our special guest today, Montez McCray. Montez McCray. Montez McCray is like, he's like the, I think you're the, you're the Gen X, or you're Gen Z, aren't you? Montez, you're Gen Z, the super Gen Z. Yeah, yeah Gen Z. Yeah, <laughs> see, that's that modesty. You know, and Montez, he's a polished professional that possesses a strong business acumen. His background in finance and education from Gotcha College, you know, it serves in his clients well. And then overall, Montez is committed to providing top tier services and always putting his clients goals first. And one of the things about Montez, I met Montez, what, probably two and a half years ago when you first came in this business. And this young man has always been on fire. I mean, that's just like some people you just meet and they just light up the room. And it's beautiful when you have a young man like this, a, a Gen Zer, that he's a light coming into the room instead of the light leaving the room. <laughs> and that's a beautiful thing. And so Montez, you know, we, we were talking about you and, and just thinking about all the things of, of what you've done and who you are. And we've had a, quite a few conversations. And one of the things I love about you is your energy, your spirit, uh, your thought of giving. And you were in the finance industry and you came into real estate and you say you came into real estate because you wanted to serve. And the byproduct of serving is money. But let's be real. I always say this. People say, well, I'm, I'm here to serve. And we always have to throw that thing in. Yes, and I want to get paid for serving. Let's make that real clear. Well, wait, Enric, before you get all into the question, I want to say something about Montaz because he's one of my favorite people in the entire world. Can I say something about Montaz? Yeah, yeah. You know what? I know he is because he said something earlier and you said, well, don't worry about that, baby. I call it out. Don't worry about that, baby. <laughs> <laughs> like, I go into mama mode with Montez. Montez looks exactly like my late son. Okay. okay. So, and and every time I see him, he just, I know he's like, here come this lady. She about to hug all on him. And he just lets me just <laughs> hug all on him because he knows that he reminds me so much of my late son. And he's the sweetest, most respectful young man, though. But the reason I wanted to say something about that is because, yes, we're going to get into what, what a fantastic real estate agent he is. In fact, this episode is called My First Year in Real Estate. But aside from that, you were talking about the kind of person he is. And, um, it's hard to raise respectful young men in this generation. I don't know. You keep calling him Jen, all kind of stuff. Montez, how old are you? Uh, 24. Montez is 24 years young, and he is a respectful young man. And he he carries himself accordingly. You talk about being the light. So, yes, I, did, I, I always go into immediate mama mode with Montez because he looks like my baby. But <laughs> but he's so <laughs> respectful, and it's hard to raise a young, respectful man these days. And so I wanted to throw in that, aside from being a real estate mogul and aside from being uh, all the things you're about to say he is, he is a phenomenally wonderful, respectable young man, and I'm super-duper well, proud of him. Well, well Julia, I, I have so to tell much. you this. He is no longer a young man. He's a real man now. Can you be a young man and be a real man? Uh, I guess I'm an old man. Yeah, you a real older man. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, and, and we, we, we go into this. And Montez, you know, this is really about just understanding that first year and really beyond. And one of the things for you is you talk about service and the reality is 
what really inspired you to become an agent? <laughs> so what inspired me to come, become an agent was kind of like no, we, want the real we, we want of, we want the real version. Yeah, we I'm want the real version. You, we don't want, oh yeah, real. I just want to serve. And what's the real reason? <laughs> oh, okay, I'm gonna give you the real spill. So the real spill is I had went to Atlanta to uh, visit one of my friends. I was in my last semester of undergrad. This was actually the last month. And he had a million dollar home. He drove a G-Wagon and he was like the head of business development at Apple. And so he told me he was leaving Apple to get involved in the real estate. And I'm like, why would you do that? I like, cause I was about to, I was applying to NYU to go get my MBA. Cause for me, it's like, how can I fast track my career? How can I add, you know, prestigious credentials to my name to make sure I always stand out and get whatever job I want so I can climb up the totem pole faster so I can get my G wagon and my million dollar house. Right. So, um, but so when he told me that, he was, you know, leaving his position and getting into real estate. And, you know, again, the barrier to get into real estate is fairly low, right? The, you know, the um, retention rate is low also, but the barrier to get into real estate is really low. So I'm like, you know what, before I go to NYU and spend, you know, $100,000 on an MBA, a master's of business administration, let me try real estate out. Because, uh, you know, that it's that time period too, that they want you to work for a year or two before you get your MBA also. So I'm like, okay, cool. Let me try out real estate interim. So that's when try real estate. It led to me getting fired from my first accounting uh, job because again, I was just trying to do both. Um, and that was just a horrible time because I graduated with a 3.75 GPA, like at the top of my class. So I received the job making a hundred thousand, like right out of college. Um, you know, just because yeah, I, you know, I had a, a, such a, a high background, but it was just a, it was a devastating time for me because to be making the most that I've ever uh, making the most out of anyone in my family to getting fired, you know, three months later. So it just went from a high to a super low low because I had already leased the Range Rover. I was living in my parents' house. Like I just, you know, I had thought I had made it. Like I was good and I was saving tons of money. And then it just, you know, it got really dark for me for a little bit. And my mom wasn't the most supportive again, because I was at, uh, again, making the most in the household at 20, 21 years old. So, you know, she was just like, get a new job, get a new job. Like this is the middle of the pandemic. Like, why are you even going to do this? And so it was just a tough time because I was fighting a lot of thoughts in my mind. Like, can I do this? I didn't see a lot of people look that look like me and my age succeeding in real estate at a high level as well. So it was just, it was a very trying time mentally to try to encourage myself, you know, to keep going and, uh, just trying to like, cause the goal was never to sell as much as I did. It was just like, can I replace my income? You know, can I replace that a hundred thousand dollars? So it was a tough time. You said the goal was never to sell as much as you did. Well, how much did you sell? Do tell. <laughs> so, uh, the first year I sold 36 houses, uh, totaling like 11.5 million in, uh, in sales volume. Okay. How much money is that? How much? Oh, wow. No, don't put him out there like that. You know how people are. Don't answer that, Montez. Don't answer that. Don't answer that, Montez. Don't do him like that. Well, that's how much he used to make. 
Right? That's no, not what he's saying. 36 makes. houses, or that's even worse. Don't say he makes more than that now. You, do you know how people are out here, Emory? They're going to be calling. As soon as they hear this podcast, they're going to be calling him asking for money. What, what you but, doing? What you doing, Montez? Right. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, but he said 36 houses his first year. That's right. a big enough number to talk about. Exactly. 36 he, houses your first year in real estate is a big deal. Do y'all know that to date, right, right now, people who are seasoned real estate agents, Less than 10% of realtors right now have sold more than four houses in the first half of this year. Oh, yeah. The average realtor sells eight to 10 houses a year. Montez says he sold 36 houses his first year. First year. And so the, the crazy part about it is I bet that Montez, nobody told you how many, how, how many houses you should sell, did they? Did anybody ever tell no. you how many houses yeah, you should? So you just went full bore and you just say I'm gonna sell as many houses as I can sell without any thoughts of a limitation pretty pretty much yeah I mean pretty much I just dived into all the scripts the different methods of lead generation I tried everything because I wanted to see what was going to resonate with me and what came most natural and then I just consistently did those things every day and again it's important for first year any first year real estate agent watching this you get paid in arrears in real estate you get paid for what you did three months ago so you got to consistently have a growth mindset you know you have to have to consistently have that you know I'm a I'm going to work harder for one more day and just every day, you know, just have that mindset that, you know, I'm going to just keep doing the actions that are going to pro pro uh, produce results. One more day, one more day, and just keep doing it and taking it day, uh, you know, day by day. And eventually you will see, you know, the fruits of your labor come to fruition. So, you know, and that's the, that's the big thing. This is, this has nothing to do with your first year in real estate. This has everything to do with being in business because you said consistently, consistently, consistently. And so whether you've been in this business one year, 10 years, 30 years, consistency is the key. Is that what you're telling me, Montez? Absolutely. And then, um, you know, when I prospect, you know, because I started a new things, I wanted to uh, start like learning how to do expireds, just expecting people to tell you no. Because you only need, if you call 50, if you call 50 expires every day, you only need two yeses. You only need two yeses every day you know, to have a potential of 10 more listings that week, right? So just expecting expecting to hear no. So, you know, when in just continuously refining your scripts and becoming better and just changing your mindset, right? So that's that was a big thing for me, just changing my mindset. So when we have consistency think, and we have mindset. Go ahead, Daniel. When we think about, like, the, the amount of success that you had right away, right? And you're coming out as a, as a, as a young kid in an old industry. How did, you, how, did, how did you set yourself up to have the mindset of continued growth and advancement? Because there's so many agents that get into this business and they want the, they want the layups and they think everyone's going to call them all the time to go get business and go make six figures. How did you, you came in with the mindset of a vet. Was that a was, was that a, a mentor you had in your life? Like, how did you hit the ground running so fast and show up every day to put forth the effort, the energy, and the work ethic to then start being able to 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 eat the fruits of that labor? So I attribute a lot to playing basketball since like the fifth or sixth grade, and for me, 
I wasn't a star player, but I felt like I worked harder than everybody else on the team. I would consistently, I would get to the gym early before practice. I would stay later. And I just was never the player that I wanted to become. I, I felt like I was never the player that, um, you know, I, I should have been for all the work that I put in. And for other people, I just felt like, shoot, they could eat five bags of candy and step on the court and still outshoot me. And it was just crazy to me. I couldn't believe it. But, um, you know, when playing a sport like that, and I went on to play at the collegiate level for two years, it just taught me how to show up. And like, and when you're on a team, even though you're not getting what you want and you wake up 5 a.m. for practice, for morning practice, and then you got another 2 p.m. practice uh, well, in, in a weight room and then 6 p.m. practice. And this is like you're living this this life and you're still not getting what you want. It just put me in a more mature mindset. I mean, because it was days, I'm not going to lie, I'm like, this is just crazy. Like, I had actually quit the basketball team one time. My mom cussed me out, then I joined it. Again, this was in college. But it just, uh, you know, and my mom, she's like, I ain't raised no quitter. I ain't raised no quitter. Like, she literally stopped what she was doing and drove to my my college, which was two hours away. She was like, you ain't quitting no basketball team. And she went with me with my coach. And that's when I, you know, joined the team again. But that really just instilled the mindset in me. Just when I get a family, just because, you know, me and my wife, we're having a, a rough patch. I just can't walk away from my family. Right. Same same with the basketball team, just because I'm not getting what I want. I represent something greater than me. It's a unit. It's a team. I just cannot walk away from this team. Same thing with real estate. OK, I haven't made any money in six or seven months just because I haven't made any money yet. I cannot just walk away from what I started. So. It, it changed my mindset. So many people, like, you know, hey, they try real estate for a month or two months, three months, they see no results, and now they're walking away. But though that experience, even though I wasn't a star basketball player, it set me up for a different mindset when, you know, getting into business um, and, you know, being a problem solver. And, and I like that. Yeah, because you know, what you're really talking about is I heard my, I said consistency, mindset, work ethic, persistence and and you're just talking about all the things that it requires to have a long career in real estate and i'm saying that because i've been around 30 years so you know i'm i'm like because you are older real I'm, man I'm, right? yeah i'm real I'm, yeah, I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm getting into the place of real estate dirt right now <laughs> And so, you know, what was your and your inspiration? Something somebody had to inspire you. Who inspired you in this business? Because you know, we all have somebody that we look up to in this business. Who was your? Who are some of your inspirations in this business? And why is it important to have those people as inspiration? Yeah. So I will say, really, my origin story started with my parents. They both grew up in Baltimore City, some of the worst neighborhoods, and they really just had to kind of like scrap and claw for whatever they got in life. Um, you know, both of them, they're not college educated, uh, you know, at all, but they both, you know, they run successful businesses now. Um, but just seeing them go to work every day, sick, mad or indifferent, they might be arguing with each other, <laughs> walking out the door, like, go, but they all, they always went to work. They always went to work no matter what. And then so uh, for me to be afforded the different opportunities that I have to, you know, to get an education, I was like, all right, I can't play with it. Right. It's like I got to 
like really take advantage of this to the best ability. Like, so I'm going to, you know, meet all my professors, go to school, like, and really immerse myself into, uh, you know, whatever I'm learning and immerse myself into this college experience. So I could, you know, number one, just show them I'm thankful for the sacrifices that they made for me, right? To, you know, be able to send me to, uh, you know, to school. And I, yeah, I'm grateful that they paid, for, my father paid, you know, for me to go to school. But just showing him I'm grateful, right? By, you know, excelling and doing well. Um, and yeah, and then again, in, in real estate too, it was kind of tough, you know, because my mom, she wasn't really supportive of me doing it at first. But, you know, God didn't put the promise in, in real estate, uh, in her, she couldn't see that, but it wasn't her vision. It wasn't for her to see. It was for me to see. So even though she couldn't see it, I I knew what was going on. And so sometimes you got to fight for your dreams, even when your closest loved ones don't necessarily see it. So sometimes you can't ask for permission to chase your dreams. Well, well, let me help you out. I'm there with you, brother, because my mother did not see it either. My mother, did, I was I was in the military. My I was giving. I was about to get out the military. My mother said. You gonna get out the military to do what? To sell houses? What's wrong with you? That's a good job. I wasn't looking for a good job. I was looking to be happy. So I understand exactly. And you like I both of us grew up in West Baltimore. So I'm real clear. I'm like crystal clear. And so in real estate, I, I know for me, I had a couple of mentors. I had a couple of older gentlemen. Now I am the older gentleman, but I had a couple of older gentlemen in my life. Who were those 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 staple of people in this industry that gave you the inspiration? That was that mentor for you to help give you some that little extra push. Yeah. So for me, I never really do something without a mentor or having um, being under the tutelage of somebody who knows what they're doing. So I'm working on starting an assisted living business right now with my sister. And we have multiple mentors, you know, coaching us through that. Right. Um, so I'll just say there was a realtor before I even got licensed in D.C. He was consistently selling million dollar, you know, million dollar plus homes. And he was a black gentleman, very clean cut. He taught me how I had to speak. He taught me the different conversations I would have with, you know, sellers who are selling million dollar plus homes or people who are buying million dollar plus homes. He taught me how I had to articulate myself. Also, you know, when I met um, you, Emmerich, that was like instrumental to me just to see, oh, hey, like, hey, he runs a team. He owns a market center. He looks like me, right? Like, so that form of representation is was also very encouraging because it was just again i like to say i'm a very diligent person i was trying to read books and, and do stuff when i first started and i was brand brand new before i started like producing at a high level and again it was just a little tough because a lot of the people i saw doing this business at a high level they were older and they were caucasian of caucasian descent and so again it left me with the thoughts can I do this? It was, and then I went after I was selling a few homes, it was like, okay, imposter syndrome a little bit, right? Because can I keep this up? Right? Because everybody's saying this is not normal. This is not normal. So of course they're complimenting me, but it, it's also that imposter syndrome. Like, okay, did I get lucky because I'm a COVID realtor? Right? 
And the, but that, I those never heard thoughts, nobody call it a COVID realtor. Yeah, because that's that's what a lot of people were saying. Like, oh, like you know, you a COVID realtor. You know, anybody would have would have called. Like, you don't have to lead generate right now. You don't have to do anything. Which it was was which a lot of it was true. A lot of people didn't, especially people who had spears and things of that nature during that time. So I'm like, you know, I had all of these limited beliefs and thoughts. But as I, you know, uh, connected with Keller Williams, did family reunion, mega camp, just learning and meeting so many different innovative and inspiring people it um it just it just gave me the motivation to continue going because I saw the representation well Montez you said something you said uh well a couple of things but one of those was that when you first got started a lot of people obviously didn't look like you and things of that nature this podcast is called the color of money and so this conversation is about helping people get into real estate because we think that real estate is a tool um, and a tool of entrepreneurship that people should explore to help build wealth. And uh, you mentioned about um, people using their sphere, but at your age, right, you coming into this way, I guess at the time you were 21, right? So you coming into real estate at 21, your sphere, some of them probably were still in high school, in college, you know, so... Where did you get your business from to sell 36 houses your first year in real estate when your typical sphere would be people of your age range who really weren't aren't aren't normally buying houses? Right. So it goes back to my the the, the gentleman, you know, that was selling million dollars, two million dollars home, very clean cut black man. He was like, hey, if you want to do this business and do it at a high level. How you speak matters. Your verbiage matters. How you present yourself on social media matters. People are like, let me know. People are always watching. You know, he was like, don't get too flashy because, again, people always want to see you do well, but they don't want to see you. They don't want to feel like that you're doing better than them because that's when it starts to get crazy. So just he told me so many amazing things that I'm very, very grateful for because he he was absolutely right. And, you know, things that, you know, um, apply to my career now. So on social media, I realize a lot of people are watching. So yeah, I'm 24. I want to go out and have a good time. But you know, when, when you get to a certain point, I can't do what my friends do. I can't, Hey, I'm at the bar turning up or I'm drinking this, drinking that. I, I just can't do that. Right. So, you know, when you, start to do certain things you have certain responsibilities and you realize that people are watching so you have to govern yourself accordingly um and that's been a hard part because yeah i'm 24 i want to enjoy myself i want to you know show i'm enjoying life but then it's like hey some in some areas you have to cut back right because you realize you've been tasked with um you you've been tasked with something that's beyond you Right. So uh, just being mature in certain but I'm going to ask you a, a real question. Like we joked about when Emmerich asked you how much money you made and you talking about not being too flashy and all of that. But we sitting in your car. I see your BMW you're sitting in right now. <laughs> right. So the reality is and, and I joked, I was I was jokingly being like, don't do that to him. But really, I wasn't joking, because like you said, people start to act different. You know, when you make that kind of money, particularly at your young age, what do you what do you feel about how has that been for you? Um, really being as successful as you are and uh, mm -hmm. any challenges you've had with hey, that. Hey, hey, Julia, let me let me put that in West Baltimore terms. Now that you came up, do people still look at you the same way? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, and so I always like for me, I'm a spiritual person, so I pray for discernment, right? Like for who I have, who I have around me, you know, I don't. I'm not having everybody like I see you got a new house when we doing housewarming. Oh, I'm not doing no housewarming, you know, like just because my space is my space. And I'm like really, really 
um, like, you know, private with my with my space. I just feel a certain way about it. So my trusted family and things of that nature. Yeah. They, like the people who know, they know. But yeah, just discernment um, and just just being smart with who I have have around me. And then uh, people. Yes. There is monies that come in, but there's a lot of monies that go out. I have an accountant. I put one third away for taxes. My broker has to get paid. So, yeah, it may look like a large number up front, but, you know, to the public and to the people, you know, only a certain small portion of it gets retained. So um, that's one thing as well. And then with me being so young, it really gets overwhelming sometimes because, you can make a lot, but you can also, yes, a lot goes to taxes. So you have to know how to appropriately, uh, you know, position these accounts. So I'm not caught up. Yeah, I have a I have a uh, assistant that's on salary. I have another virtual assistant that gets paid, you know, taxes. My accountant is um, I, I think he's like twelve hundred a quarter. I have a, a real estate coach, right? You know, because if you if you do it right with a real estate coach, they can help you three extra business. But it's a lot of expenses and monies going out. So it's uh, I had a conversation with Jay Papasan, and the biggest thing that he told me was don't over uh, over leverage your lifestyle or don't increase your lifestyle too quickly because if you do, you won't be able to make the necessary investments in your business because you're worried about how you're going to fund your lifestyle. So that's something I took the heart into really being responsible and being a good steward of the things that I have. Daniel, do you see yourself in this young man? Because unlike unlike Emmerich, now I'm going to do this the whole podcast, Emmerich. Unlike Emmerich, you're not an older real man. You're still kind of a younger real man, right? Like, so do you see yourself in Montez? Yeah, there's a lot of things. I mean, Montez and I have talked offline about about some things and some challenges as being a, a young, successful black man in this industry. There's not a lot of people that look like us. There's not a lot of people that are around and that are on stages and are in front of the bright lights that, that can inspire us. So a lot of things that we said, there's a lot of learning lessons that happen when you make the money. And who well, Sam, people want to know. I want to know. Inquiring minds want to know what y'all talk about. It's it's a uh, it's a lot of what a lot of what he's talking about. Who's in your circle? What are you paying attention to? What are you learning? What are you what are you feeding yourself? What are you? Um, how do you manage all the money? There, it's easy to make a lot of money in real estate, and when you're not around the right people, then you're gonna go blow a lot of money in real estate. And luckily, I had a coach early on. That was like, D, don't go buy the Lamborghini. Let's go buy assets. Let's go make a ton of money and let's go continue to invest in things that can create cash flows and truly build wealth rather than just being quick rich. Quick money in, quick money out is what they say, right? And so a lot of what, a lot of, uh, when, when me and Montez talked, it was, it was more about building a team and growing a team and just having the conversation around here, the challenges that we had. You don't, just because you're selling a lot of real estate doesn't mean you need to go hire a bunch of people. Like we can build, we can build a team around you that can still keep you front and center, and allow you to still keep the revenue that's being made, and not have to rely on other people doing their job in order for you to get paid. So, and you know, in this conversation, it sounds like, like in your first year, Montez, and even now, there's a lot of things coming at you from different directions. There's a little bit of this, there's a little bit of that. There's an older guy telling you one thing. There's a younger, older guy telling you something different, and then there's a young, young guy. <laughs> <clears throat> there's a young, young guy saying something. What would you do differently in your journey at this point? If you had to look and say, okay, if I could course correct a little bit, what would you do a little differently in your journey to this point? Um, what would I do differently? <sighs> I'm, 
maybe, maybe would have joined the team when I first started. But again, I'm a self-starter. Like, I didn't need anybody, like, to tell me, Montez, come to the office at 9 a.m. and make calls. Like, I was already going to wake up and make calls irregardless. But, um, and I learned a lot more because I had, again, I had mentors up front and I had, um, you know, I was never shy about paying for knowledge or learning. And YouTube, oh my God, you can learn so much on YouTube for like just literally for free. Um, I I watched Jeff Glover podcast for a long time and I learned so much, tapped into all his free content before, you know, I, I had enough money set aside to start attending his conferences and, you know, plugging into his programs. But I learned a lot. Um, I learned a lot. You know, I and sold a lot of real estate before I even started tapping into coaching on the next level. But um, I mean, I mean, I, I found mentors. I always treated people right. I think a lot of people, they, you know, they say, hey, I'm going to get in real estate and suddenly they become a nice person. I always kind of like what felt like, you know, my God given purpose was to serve. And, you know, serve people on a high level. So that's how I governed myself prior to getting involved in real estate. So it was easy for people to naturally trust me. But you have a lot of people who are like, you know, mean or like not the most friendliest person. Then they get into real estate by a celebrant with me like, hey, Susan, I'm, I'm your best friend. Like, you know, like, but it just <laughs> you weren't like that before. So it takes people a minute to like, who is this new person? And is it genuine? You know, because, again, it's one of the largest transactions that somebody's ever going to make in their life. So they want to feel like they can trust you. And I think my big one thing I'll say to my clients now is like and I and I'll say this, I'll, I'll prelude it like I'm saying this is is humble as possibly. And I feel like it builds trust. But I, I'm hey, Mr. And Mrs. Seller, I'm saying this to you as humble, humble as possibly. I sold 78 houses last year. I am not just going to tell you whatever you want to hear just to stick a sign in your yard. I know other agents will probably say they can get 700, 800,000, but hey, I'll, let's analyze the data together and let's make an informed decision based on this data and come up with a price for, for your home. But I'm not going to try to win your trust over by telling you the highest price just so I can stick a sign in, sign in your yard. I don't want to start off our relationship like that, right? I want to be honest. I want to be transparent. Montez, you know what I was going to say when you just explained all of that, that you just explained? You know what? You sound like you should write a book. Oh, wait, maybe you did. Uh, <laughs> will you tell us about your book? Yeah. So I decided to write the book. My mom, she was just like, you should you should write a book. You should write a book. Kept pushing it off, kept pushing it off. Um, but then after I really thought about it, cause I, I do everything intentionally, I'm like, you know what, listen, this might could help some people. This might could help, you know, another 20 year old or 21 year old realtor who looks like me or another minority that, um, you know, is afraid to take a leap, you know, cause they didn't see a lot of representation. And then it's not that there wasn't a lot of representation. I didn't know where to look, right? Like I can't afford to come to a Keller Williams conference. Uh, I didn't, I can't afford to, to do that up front. You know, that's not my first look into the business. You know, it was just immediately my market center. But anyway, I decided to write the book just as a formal representation. And so people can know this is th these are the activities and these are the things that I thought about. And what was my mindset when I first got started to sell eleven point five million my first year in real estate? So just giving people insight, because I read a book um, by Daniel Lesnack, the hyper local real estate agent. He built a, a team in uh, the DMV area and 
his book was phenomenal because he went through all the actions that he did to, you know, sell. I think he sold like 20 million in his first year in real estate. But again, his his uh, his price point is that much higher in Nova and D.C. But he uh, he killed it. He blew it out the water. And he just talked about the ag- actions that he took, like how he spoke to clients, what he did, his hustle, his grit, his tenacity. And that gave me uh that was awesome for me as a new agent because you don't often know where to start. And I'll, and I'll say this, I tried reading the MREA when I, um, when I first started, but it was a lot for me to digest being a new agent. So now I just read the really, uh, the MREA. I, I picked it up a month ago. I finished it in three days because I'm like, Oh my God, all of it is resonating with me. And I have so much What's more What's the MREA than- for our listeners who don't know what that is? The Millionaire Real Estate Agent book by, you know, Gary Keller. So, and it's been so insightful now. Oh, my God. Like, it was like reading. I'm like, I can't believe I just allowed it to sit on my uh, sit on my desk the last two years because that's how insightful it has been. But, you know, after, you know, going through certain things, it's, it's been instrumental and it's been pivotal. I made so, a lot okay, of adjustments. You everybody else's book but yours. What is the name oh, yeah. of your book and how do we get it? Yeah, that's true. That's true. <laughs> I just did. Uh, so how to make an impact as a first year real estate agent. That's that's the uh, name of the book. You can get it on Amazon. Link is in my bio on Instagram. Instagram name is Montez.Maurice. I also have a private discord mastermind group, which, you know, I'm sharing like my daily mindset, what I'm reading. Uh, last week, I did a segment on uh, the organizational model and knowing when to hire, or implement leverage in your business for my private mastermind group. That's also the link in my bio uh, to that is on Instagram as well. Now I'm gonna ask one last question, and then I'm gonna let you. I'm gonna let you close it on out, Emmerich. But the last question is: I ran into Montaz. We were in D.C. We were in a box office at a game, a basketball game, and uh, he was talking about what, wondering what his next step might be. And right at that moment, Mark King, the president of Keller Williams Realty, came in and said, "Montaz, I expect you." And he didn't. Mark didn't know what we were talking about. He just came out of nowhere and said, "I think I found the next president." Uh, Keller Williams Realty International and Mark King deemed Montaz's story as he will be the president of Keller. Well, you remember that Montaz? And so that, that, that's, the <laughs> that's the expectation that people here at Keller Williams Realty International have for Montaz is that uh, sometime in the near future, he's going to be the president of Keller Williams Realty. I just want to remind you of that. Yeah. Montez, you know, um, you you talked a lot about you know your clients and other people. The real question is, what's in what's next for Montez? What does Montez want to do for Montez? What does Montez' future goals look like? What does Montez' life look like in the future? Because we all want to help you. We want all want to make sure that you get to this place that you want to go to. So we're asking so that you can enlist all of these listeners, myself, Daniel, Julia. How do we help you get to the next level with your goals? What are your goals? Got it. So right now, I currently own 11 properties. Um, I have a, a nice portfolio in Baltimore City that I own with one of my partners. So growing that uh, portfolio and growing as a developer, because a lot of these homes, you know, we've redeveloped um, as well, growing as a commercial investor. So I'm starting to look at some commercial investment opportunities with one of my partners as well. So like, you know, developer on a residential side, also doing commercial investments, um, growing, growing a team, 
So growing the team, building building the team out uh, that can sustain itself without me. That's you know that's a goal as well. And I mean. A personal goal again is putting my family in position to win. So again, like I uh, like I said, I'm working on starting an assisted living uh, facility with my sister. So me and her, she's about ninety percent done with getting all the pre prerequisites done, and then we'll be purchasing a first, you know, our first uh, joint assisted living facility. Because it's, it's nice for me to do all of these amazing things, but for me, it's important to make sure that I'm positioning other people as well. Because you know, I could pass pass on suddenly or whatever or, or whatever happens life is crazy but i want to adequately position my people and i want a legacy that lives beyond me and people saying okay montez had a lot and he he did a lot but what it, what did i do for other people how how is my legacy going to live on so it's it's beyond me I always knew I, I was driven i'm gonna be okay but you know again back to that servant's heart i want to make sure I'm placing other people uh, in a position to win as long as it's not like, you know, crazy or it's, I'm going too out my way. I still want to make sure I'm, you know, I'm adequately helping other people. I'm, I'm excited for you to do this, man. There's a, one of the things that, that caught me about you was just as humble and, and just, just as a genuine dude that you are. And it's exciting to see your growth and see you expand. And thank you for doing this. And let's just continue to lean into our community and, help more people who, who start this journey. They aren't gonna have the background of the family supporter or the, the, um, the athlete to understand adversity and growth. And so I think it's on us to continue to lean into our young community and, and push them to achieve more. So I appreciate you doing this, Montez. My pleasure. Thank you so much for having having me. Like, I'm uh, just really, really honored to be on this platform and just really thankful because, again, I just think about the people that it, it could help, you know, potentially. So super excited and thank you for the opportunity again. Beautiful. Hey, gang, that that about closes us out for the Color of Money podcast. I'm Emmerich Peace. My co-host, Julia, Julia Lachey, Daniel Dixon and our special guest for today, Montez McCray. Thank you guys for joining us. Thank you, Montez. So proud of you. Thanks so much. Follow the Color of Money podcast today and get notified when new episodes are released weekly. Be part of this transformative listening experience.